Welcome to, or welcome back to, TBN, TBN, TBN. This is the stream where we talk all about news and advocacy. We're down in the trenches, fighting the good fight, getting educated, getting informed, keeping our fellow vapors educated and informed. And that's what we do here. I'm, I'm your host, Grim Green, because you're on my YouTube channel. I kind of have to be here, I guess. I'm, I'm the bad libertarian host. This is my far left fact checker co-host, Danielle Jones. Hello. Hi, Danielle Jones, president of CASA. No oh, you know. Deal. How's it going? How have you been? I, we've been on such a long break. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. How, we've been how's on such it a going? Long break. How I, are you? It's good. You know, I started the newsroom. I texted you. Oh my God, you guys! I, I love peed myself when I love you texted show. me. It is so good. It's tremendously good. I didn't. I mean, yes. look, this is one of those things where I know that I can tell you're excited that I finally watched it, and I have to apologize because this is one of those like I'm. I should have watched this before. It's, uh, I mean, it's so tremendously good. I watched that first episode and I said, "Where, where was this my whole life? Like, why haven't I been watching this?" I love Chilling Jeff Daniels. Oh my, this is, I feel this is Jeff Daniels' best role So ever. far, uh, yeah, so far I, I would easily say that. His character is so great and, and I love him and then I hate him and yep. then he's just such a great character. Anyway, yep. newsroom. We're inspired by the newsroom tonight, everybody. Yes. So hard-hitting hard investiga investigative journalism is happening tonight. We're on a mission to civilize. You probably haven't gotten that far yet. I haven't got that there. far yet. A mission to civilize. Spoilers. 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 It's okay. I love the show. Like she said, everybody check out the newsroom. It's on HBO. You yes. can watch it. It's tremendous. Unbelievable there's, show. There's only like three seasons, but it is. I know. When I'm having like a really, I so this was me, like, I can't remember, like a month or so ago, I told mm -hmm. you I was rewatching it and I was like, I was like depressed with the world. I was like, everything is awful. Everything is on fire. Everyone is insane. I cannot <laughs> handle life right now. And so my self-soothing technique is to rewatch all three seasons of Newsroom, of Newsroom because they're like intelligent, empathetic, thoughtful, witty. Yeah. Like, well-read people that are still out there somewhere yes. and so i had to like it yeah. helps me like okay maybe everything isn't on fire or it right. is but there's still good people out there yeah it's like maybe some in journal some journalists do still have integrity right maybe yeah. they do maybe, <laughs> maybe they do just a big dog and pony show for society maybe they do have maybe they do care about reporting facts and science and truth like we yeah. do here at TBN. And creating a well-informed republic. A okay? well-informed republic. A well-informed republic. I'm so on board for that. Can we get yeah. back to that? Can we have a well-informed republic? I mean, if you want my opinion, everything went downhill when they started allowing advertisements during the news. That's what killed us. Back in the like way, yeah. way back days. Yeah, that's true. When when networks were like, we're going to put ads in the news. And then everything took a dive after that. Because before it was like, you just have to have like news to tell the people the things mm -hmm. like you have to do this. I think the government told like networks, like you have to dedicate like one hour in the evenings to informing the public. Right. And then it became commercialized and clickbait. And if it bleeds, it leads and yep. sell more ads. And then everything went to shit. Yeah, in my opinion, I agree with that. I would I would almost pinpoint like the beginning of the 24 hour news cycle is really when I think 
people, including myself, just suddenly couldn't keep up. It's yeah. like, w- wait, the news is on 24 hours a day now? Right. And from my perspective, this could be wrong, but I was young, so I'm not entirely sure. But I feel like the 24-hour news cycle really happened with 9-11. That's when I remember it happening. Because yes. before that, yes. like, you know, there was just the news that was on at the time of the news. But when 9-11 happened, like the day it happened, yeah. so everybody constant. wanted all the t- like 24 7 what's happening mm-hmm. tell us what's happening yeah and it felt like to me after that the news was like we can do this 24 7 and they'll watch it and they'll just sit <laughs> here and watch it yeah and yeah. we can we can just yeah it's yeah i agree but and, and you know sometimes just to play devil's advocate i sometimes appreciate the big 24-hour news cycle when there's a big thing that's happening that i can't pull myself away from like Afghanistan or the Taliban. I have been glued to the news. Yeah. Glued. Sure. Uh, you know, when we're having uh, civil disobedience last year with George Floyd, uh, glued, glued yeah. to the news. Yeah. That's when I want to see it. Right. When there's a big world event happening, right. I'm, I'm the news guy. I'm like stuck to the news. No. And I feel that way too, right? Like when the January 6th stuff happened, I was like, what's happening now? What's happening now? What's happening now? Like, give me more. Yeah. But when that's not happening... They have to fill it with yep. something. They got to fill it with something. Then we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a problem. Yes. Then we have a problem. Well, we don't have that problem here. We don't have any yeah. advertisers. We answer to nobody. No. Well, with the vape community. We answer to the vape community. That's, that's I guess, would be our only uh, our only. They're pretty boss. good bosses, though. Really good. Honest. Really yeah. very, very uh, welcoming, very encouraging, very, you know. Yeah. Very good bosses to have. I haven't but, been paid uh, for like a year, but you know, that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. You haven't been paid yet for a year. You <laughs> haven't been paid yet for a year. I threw my post-it. Do you post still have your post-it? No, it's because I'm so dumb. I am so dumb. This is a running joke, you guys. Money. I know it is. It's uh, it's it's too long of a story to tell and is not interesting to anyone. No, it's not. But it but just you heard a funny <laughs> inside joke. Just nod, laugh, and move on. <laughs> things happen. Look, things happen. Things fall out of my uh, sphere from time to time. I'm trying my best. You know, I'm trying my best. But uh, we're gonna try to keep this a little bit tighter today. I'm not down. I'm not looking to do another marathon, three and a half hour stream like we did yesterday. But I did eventually get that frame staple coil built. I want everyone to know that it was successful yesterday. After three and a half hours of building, I built a frame staple. So wow, suck on that. Now, with that said, we've, there's a few newsy things. I've missed that. I've missed that little funky intro. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I missed it. Oh, Lord. So what's going on in the world, Danielle Jones? There's a lot. The first thing I want to harp on is testimonials. I say this in here. I say it here. I say it on streams. I say it all over the place. Testimonials, you guys. Your stories. I see you there, Philip, in the chat. Your story matters, Philip. Jason, Addie, Janine, all your stories matter. Your story of conquering combustion with the technology of vaporizing has inherent value to it inherent value and like danielle was saying sometimes these get used at hearings Mm -hmm. and things like that do these get drag out a a lot during hearings as far as like 
What about these thousands of people that have quit smoking? I mean, does this get drug used a lot in hearings or anything like I can't that? speak for all because a lot of this stuff is local. Um, but sure. I do know that they can be really helpful um, when talking to a lawmaker, especially if you don't have, you know, talking to lawmakers can be intimidating. And sometimes in certain areas, it's hard to get volunteers who will go yeah. and actually set meetings with yeah. their, you know, congressional critters. Um, and so if you can come in with testimonials, even if, you know, the actual vapors, let's say, are too nervous or busy or whatever it is to come in. If you can show these kinds of things, that's incredibly helpful. Because mm -hmm. as we saw in Rhode Island, for example, you know, these people, they're supposed to care about what their constituents think. And it can change minds when they hear real life, real people stories about how this worked for you, as yeah. opposed to just, 100%. oh, the children or whatever it is. Yeah, there are adult vapors, believe it or not. Yeah. millions of them I've heard. So go to righttovape.org, do the testimonial. Now, this is a uh, sort of a, a, a partnership with CAFRA. Is that yes. correct? Mm -hmm. President of CASA, Danielle Jones, the yep. Coalition We've Asia Pacific Harm Reduction Advocates. Yeah, CASA partnered up with them to help develop this site. So it's righttovape.org. And it's basically a testimonials website. Like mm -hmm. CASA has our testimonials project on our site. This is, we took all our testimonials, combined them with the kajillion that CAFRA has. Mm -hmm. And now we've got a dedicated international testimonial only site that can be used worldwide. Worldwide. Anybody yep. can do this. Anybody Anyone. in any country can do this. Spectacular. Righttovape.org. Heads up about this website, though, Danielle Jones. Facebook. What the hell? So we can't share this link on Facebook. Facebook has decided for some reason that they are completely blocking righttovape.org. You cannot PM it to anybody. You can't post it. You can't anything. For some reason, they feel that this website violates their community standards. I have already submitted a formal appeal to get that reversed. But whether or not Facebook will ever see that, if there's any humans still left there, I don't know. But <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. Um, if you feel so inclined, you could go on Twitter and at Facebook and, you know, politely, very politely <clears throat> bring this to their attention. Yeah. I know a few people on Twitter have done that. But, yeah, all we can do is cross our fingers and hope that they change that. Otherwise, just write, you know, write out, write to vape, D-O-T, Oh, you know, because yeah. you can't you can't put the yeah. URL in there. That's frustrating beyond reason. Obnoxious. And that's just the old school YouTube. You know, you used to not be able to put links in comments on YouTube. So you'd have to do that. I'd have to go grim green space D.O.T. space com mm -hmm. so that YouTube wouldn't flag it and go, oh, you can't put links in the, you know, in channel comments mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's an old school way of getting around. uh I don't know, big tech being weird with algorithms. I don't, I don't know what triggers it. I don't, I don't know. I could not tell you. I don't know why. <sighs> cool. Well, at least Facebook making it easy for us to, you know, <clears throat> spread around. So testimonials, do the testimonials, tell everyone, you know, to do testimonials. And then you tell that person to tell everyone that they know yep. to do testimonials do as well. Just get them. Just get them done. Right to switch. This is a big petition that's going around. This is another uh, worldwide anybody can fill it out petition. And this Correct. is a petition. You know, we're not really big fans of petitions, or at least I'm not really big fans of petitions. But this is one that's actually has some 
you know, backing behind it and Kassaz getting behind it. A lot of people are getting behind it. And this is basically a petition to the World Health Organization Correct. regarding their stance on vaping, tobacco harm reduction. It's not, you know, this isn't an unreasonable thing. We're essentially just asking the World Health Organization, like it says, to follow its founding principles. Exactly. That's it. It's not put your money of, where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Follow the own rules of your own charter. Right. Because you wrote them. And they're your own rules. <laughs> and the petition is specifically, if I'm not mistaken, related to the COP9 conference that yes. I think is in November, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So it is definitely uh, recommended that you try to sign on to this petition yeah. sooner rather than later. Because, yeah. you know, the conference is in November and ideally we'd like to have a lot of, you know, sig signatures, digital signatures on yes. there before COP9. So please... It takes two seconds. It's a change.org petition. Yeah. We usually don't, you know, push these because, bleh, but this one is actually, it's it's kind of like a, a nice like PR stunt to be able to show the WHO. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. look at all of these people around the world who want you to stop doing what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Stop lying. Tell the truth. Follow your own, you know, guidelines, like right. you said. Science. Right feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility to request that the World Health Organization follow science. Yeah, I mean, you would think you it would, would be a no-brainer, but apparently it's trickier than we all realize. Well, well, you know, everything gets a little bit trickier when those Bloomberg dollars start uh, flowing around all over the place. It can make a, a, a U.S. health org just completely switch its stance on vaping in one day. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. That Bloomberg money. It's kind mm -hmm. of unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There was some, uh, I'd say, good-ish news out of Maine. Now, this is something I don't know if we've shared before. This has been sitting in a tab on Chrome since, like, June, I think. I'm not 100% sure, and I'm not sure if we've talked about it, but there is now not a flavor ban in Maine. Right. This is good news. This is good news. It says... Uh, the Legislature's Appropriations Committee voted unanimously Sunday to advance a supplemental budget, and lawmakers in the House and Senate approved that budget agreement on Wednesday, sending it to Governor Mills' desk for her signature. Notably absent, though, was the misguided and self-defeating flavored tobacco ban. Yeah. Did not make it into the budget. Did not make it into the budget. Doesn't say why, though. And that's the, that's the part that's really weird. It just says it wasn't included. It, this article mentions the Jewel settlement in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. This this mentions uh, how it was a really good idea because they point to San Francisco and they say, look what happened in San Francisco when they banned flavors in San Francisco. Smoking went up. So this is really just praising the good decision of not having a flavor ban. Right. But doesn't really say why. A lot of times with this stuff, you're not going to know because it could be. Could be any number somebody of Somebody talked to somebody. You know, ideally, it's vapors contacted their, you know, Congress people and asked them, but mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. may be something more backroom and complicated. I, I'm just yeah. happy it didn't get in the budget. Yeah, very, yeah, very happy it didn't get in the budget. Um, the author of this article, Nick, he pointed to Massachusetts in this graphic that was provided by the Tax Foundation that shows, like, look at what happened to cigarette sales in neighboring states when Massachusetts banned flavors and menthol. Look at them mm -hmm. in the negative 20, 200 or 24% area. And mm -hmm. then right next door, New Hampshire, way up in the green, way up. Vermont, way up. Mm -hmm. Connecticut, way up. Mass, 
down. So People aren't just going to stop. They're going to go exactly. somewhere else to get it, whether that's another county, another city, another state, or the underground market. They're yeah. just going to go get it where it's there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So prohibition doesn't work. Prohibition doesn't work. And that's what, and this person, Nick Linder, has written like six different pieces for this news outlet, The Main Wire, about the main flavor ban. It's like, refresh, refreshingly positive. It's refreshingly positive. He's, this is a bad idea. Even before the flavor ban, he's like, here's 10 reasons why the flavor ban's a terrible idea. Here's five reasons why this flavor ban's going to fail. And then after the flavor ban, he's like, here's why this was such a great idea. Here's what, you know, he's been really, uh, you know, vocal about it, I guess. It's just nice to see. It's just mm -hmm. nice to see a flavor ban get struck down. That doesn't mean that it's not going to come back, right? You know? These things tend to be like zombies sometimes. Sometimes. It says, thankfully, this proposed ban and the millions of dollars set aside to compensate for it did not survive the final budget negotiations. A standalone bill on this topic, LD 1550, has not yet been fully dispensed by the legislature, however, so the idea remains alive for now. Yeah. So just be, I guess, be on your toes if you're in Maine. Mm -hmm. There's a... If there's a call to action for Maine. We have one up actually for that original bill, LD, is whatever it, still, it is. Uh, it's still up, I believe. I don't think it's been updated in a minute. I did poke Alex. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I think usually Alex keeps it up until it's like dead, dead. You okay. know, session ends okay. and they have to reintroduce it or something. So keep it just in case we need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find, let's see, Connecticut, Maine. Why is Maine so tiny? Don't ask me. I didn't draw them out. Actually, Maine's kind of a big state. State of Maine. Oh, yeah, there is a call to action. Fight the flavor ban. Does this mean you can still do this call to action? Um, more than likely, yeah. Usually okay. we leave those open. You're just, you know, sending messages to your reps, which are good anytime, really. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'll post links down in the description to, you know, this... Everything we talk about today, the the testimonials, the everything. Sorry, I'm, I feel like way out of practice. We We're a little we rusty. Haven't, we We're haven't TBN'd in a while, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bit of reading today because we're gonna read about Stanton Glance, but not before. We mentioned this from uh, from Massachusetts. This is one of the most interesting things that has come across my computer screen recently. Uh, Brookline, Massachusetts bans tobacco and vape sales to anyone born in the 21st century. This is interesting. This is bananas. <laughs> yeah. Bananas. On July 19th, Massachusetts Attorney General Moira Healy approved a law in the town of Brookline that would prohibit the sale of all tobacco products to anybody born after January 1st, 2000. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. The restriction, the first of its kind in the United States, is designed to prevent future generations from not only using tobacco, but nicotine. Evil, evil mm. nicotine. All of mm. those health harms from nicotine. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Butnik, it stops any person, firm, corporation, establishment, or agency from selling e-cigarettes and vaping products to anyone in that age category as well. In other words, a person who is 20 years old right now will not be able to purchase any tobacco or vapes in Brookline, Massachusetts ever. 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 Ever again. Ever again. Never, ever, ever again. Even in 2041 when they're 40 years old. Nope. That's unbelievable to me. What a hard line to draw in the sand. Just this is the date. Yeah. If you were born no ever, no tobacco or vape for you ever. ever. That's just straight up prohibition, isn't it? I mean, it 100% is, yeah. prohibition. It's straight prohibition with an age gate. Yeah, it's pro yeah, exactly, with an age gate. It's like prohibition with more steps. Actually, it's more like a generational gate because it doesn't matter how old you are. If no. you're born after this date, you can never have it again. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> A, this is just a weird thing anyway. And two, the libertarian in me is really screaming right now because the idea that the government made a decision about your life before you're born is feels just real weird. I mean... And, and governments do that weird. a lot, to be fair. But before you're born, yeah. Now, but the I mean, the I'm not a libertarian, but I have a tiny chunk of it in my brain that's like, um, bit. how about you not tell people what they can and can't do, right? And let them make their own choices. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, not that I'm, you know, obviously I want people to quit smoking. I don't want yeah. people to smoke anything yeah. like that. But I'm also not interested in like forcing that or telling them they can't mostly because i know it's not going to work and they're just going to yeah. get it illegally or something but also because people have rights and choice and yes i don't believe in arbitrarily deciding that certain substances are no longer okay because yeah. we just arbitrarily decided it i feel the same way about drugs yeah look i feel the same way about drugs in fact greg Connolly says something very similar to that in this article he says uh it seems like there's a race now to see who can achieve the greatest disparity between how nicotine products, cannabis products, and alcohol products are regulated. That is just hammer on the nail. You have mm -hmm. these three substances that are all regulated completely, completely differently for different age groups and different laws and different. You can mail these. You can't mail that. These can go across state lines. This can't. Unless you're in this state and then you can't yeah. but here, but you can over there and yeah. the alcohol laws get crazy. Alcohol laws get crazy. And honestly, and I mean, leading into that, this seems really bizarre to me, but also considering that there are still dry counties in the United States where it's completely alcohol prohibition still, it mm -hmm. doesn't seem that strange to me. I mean, in, local in, in governments light of are that. insane. <laughs> Local governments are insane. There are dry counties in Massachusetts as well. Mm -hmm. Dry counties in Massachusetts. Most of the dry counties are in Texas, which is weird. Really bizarre. I, I lived in places where like, you could buy alcohol, except they put a limit on it on Sundays. You couldn't mm. buy it before like... I don't right. remember what it was, noon or two or something like that. I get like, you. I remember my mom loves to tell this story. My grandmother, who definitely liked her wine okay mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the woman Good. liked her dry white wine in the evenings it was 
Yeah. So she came to visit us once and I can't remember which state we were living in. It was either Missouri or Indiana. And they had this rule, right? That So we went to the grocery on like, you know, Sunday morning after church or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother wanted to pick up her Chardonnay for that evening. But oh, right. the, the time hadn't hit yet, right? Like they block the aisle off. My grandma was like, nope. She just scooted <laughs> the things over and went down there. Woo! She was a little firecracker she wanted that chardonnay but uh yeah we i had that growing up like there were certain times on sundays you couldn't do it yeah see i had the complete exact opposite i grew up in nevada you liquor stores are open 24 hours a day there you can go into casino at three in the morning and order a whiskey sour and smoke a cigarette while playing a slot machine in nevada Mm -hmm. because nevada is a wonderful state so i'm used to liquor all the time everywhere 24 7 like even just growing up in Tahoe down the street, we had Dart Discount Liquor. There was just this mm-hmm. enormous liquor store. It was amazing. So, and even moving to California was like a big shift for me when I tried to go buy beer at like 1130 at night one time. All the like coolers were locked. They were mm. all locked. Like, no, we can't sell beer after 11 p.m. Like, yeah. wait, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't yeah. sell beer. I just want a beer. Give me a beer. Nope. Yeah. Liquor laws. It's crazy. It's and weird. In Massachusetts, there, so Rockfor- Rockport, Massachusetts, uh, finally allowed alcohol in 2005. Dry County up until 2005. And now the town, you can only get alcohol at a restaurant if you order a full meal. Wow. You can't have, you can't be served liquor if you're not ordering a full meal. There's no bars in this town. There's no stores to buy alcohol. You can't buy liquor, beer, wine, anything in this town. These have nothing better to do right? than to impose their Doesn't own weird crazy? morals on the rest of us. Like, <laughs> what? Do you not I have a life? It. Why do you care if I drink without eating a full plate of spaghetti? How yeah. is that any of your business? Like in Massachusetts, it's their business. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and the dumb thing about all of these dry counties, you know, this stupid generational tobacco ban, it's not going to change anything. They're just going to go across the county line Mm -hmm. and get it there. Like, Mm -hmm. are you dumb? All Mm -hmm. you're doing is losing yourself revenue. That's Mm -hmm. all you're doing. Like, okay, if you want to not have money, I guess that's your prerogative. But yeah, and it's people just going to move or, you know, leave. We have evidence like we've seen Massachusetts. That's exactly what happened, right? Exactly. And we have San Francisco where they banned it and smoking went back up. Mm-hmm. Why don't, I mean, this is a crazy idea. Why don't local governments learn from each other, uh, you know, as an example of what to do or what not to do? I feel like Brooklyn, Mass was like, in California, they banned flavored vaping and smoking went up, but... It might work here. You know, there's that like delusion of like, well, this has been unsuccessful basically everywhere, but we haven't tried it here yet. This goes back to my argument. Remember when we had a little disagreement about, you know, your libertarianness likes local government to be able to do what they want. But my point was, well, local government is not staffed by people who are super well-versed in a lot of the case in point, right? Like, I don't know that local government is even paying attention to what other people are doing. Sure. You know what I mean? And I would, 
ideally, I would like someone who says, let me look at all the research available on this policy decision and see, has it been working or not? Right. Ideally, that's what I would like. I would love I that. I think most people in local government are doing that. I think they're just going, we should do this. Yeah. And then that's the end of it. And then that's it. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. I mean, local government doesn't, you could, you could argue they don't have the funds or the resources to do like in-depth analysis or research. They may not be skilled to even know that they need to do the, like, it's just, I think large decisions should ideally be made by larger institutions with more research and more staff and smarter people. But yeah. Oh, well, know. yeah. I mean, see, that's kind of where we disagree. Cause I don't like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, uh, consolidating, consolidating power. I'd like decisions like that to be made at, at a community level, at a smaller level than some guy living in like way out in Hawthorne, Nevada, uh, someone 800 miles away in Las Vegas is making decisions for him. I don't, that's, I'm not a fan of that. Personally, not a fan of that. I understand the argument. I see both sides of it. Yeah, I know. I mean, me too. It's one of those things like I, it's like I can see the merit of both sides and I can see the, you know, the whatever, the bad side of both sides. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. But man, that's crazy. Brookline, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Good luck quitting smoking up there. Good luck vaping up there. Good luck getting a drink if you don't order a full plate of spaghetti up there. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's crazy. Do you know that Kansas had alcohol prohibition until 1987? Oh, that's the year I was born. That's crazy that they kept prohibition going from the 30s till 1987. That is weird. That is super bizarre. But look, not my circus, not my clowns. So we got there's some newsy bits in the such as. I don't think there's anything else I really wanted to cover in the newsy bits and the such as because. I did want to do one shameless plug. Yes. The shame shame plug. I'm sorry. I completely forgot shame plug. I know. That's why I was like here, like waiting. Like, yeah, I saw it. I knew. I knew I, I was got it. Miss I it got too. you, fam. Go. So, if you got, you may or may not have seen on my uh, Twitter that I posted a little sneak peeksy. So, uh, for the past, what did I calculate? Two months. Mm-hmm, two um, months. I have been working tirelessly on a new drum roll truth about vaping video. Woo! I know I only put them out like every two years, but here's a fresh one for you because they take me like two or three months to make. Yeah. I've got a new one. It is finished. It is ready to go. I did a little teaser on Twitter. Um, So the plan right now is that more than likely I will be uploading it to YouTube next week. But for a sneak peek early access, uh, the plan is to do a live premiere of it on Saturday on Kassaw's live stream, which is... um, we're going to double check that that's going to work out, but I think that is the tentative plan. So this coming Saturday. So if you guys want early access to the video and potentially to be in chat and talk to me and ask questions and talk about the video together, yeah. uh, you will have that opportunity. I highly recommend you go subscribe to Casaw's YouTube and turn on the notifications so you don't forget that this is happening. Um, but I think it's going to be really exciting. And I put a lot of work into this video. Holy bananas. Yes. Um, I can speak to the amount of work that Danielle has been putting into this video. And I mean, I got a little sneak preview of the video. I mean, it pays to be a, you know, let me tell you it. Yeah. Well, it pays to be a friend. It pays to do your research like Danielle has done 
It pays to be, you know, hardworking like Danielle is. It pays to to have this final product. I think we're going to be blown away. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. It's really packed with information, really good information. In fact, we have a silent. Yes. Uh, we have a silent. Teaser. Teaser. You ready for the silent teaser? Ooh, I'm silent ready. teaser. Go. Oh, what's going on there? Yeah. Whoa. MSA so the title 2. is. 0. Yeah, MSA 2.0. If you're interested to know what that means or what it is about, you should definitely watch my video because you guys, there's a there's a lot of. I did a crazy amount of research for this. Like, you don't even understand. Um, <laughs> I looked through dockets of hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits. I color coded them based on which lawyer represented which one. I had (laughs) spreadsheets, hours of time put into this. I listened to hours of school board meetings. Oh my gosh. Like local Florida school board meetings like Mm. that are on YouTube scrubbing through these listening to stuff. You guys. A lot of work went into this, but I'm super proud of it. Yeah, I think you guys are really gonna see something um, interesting. Things awesome. you want to know about. Yes, so it's very interesting. Really good information. Really very good. I mean, you guys will see when we see it. It's awesome. If you liked the truth about vaping videos before, like that first MSA video, come on, get out of here. That's one of the best vape content videos ever. Well, thanks. I I do believe that, and we get we get another one. More truth about vaping. More truth about vaping. I know, right? Everybody's always like, you're going to make another video? And I'm like, I don't know. Do I have two months (laughs) off? Yeah. Maybe in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I put them out. Like some, most people are like, I'm a YouTuber. I put out videos every few days. I put out videos every few years. Yeah. Every few years. So beat that. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's good. It's cool. I'm but excited you guys, about yeah. It. So this coming Saturday, it should be live premiering on the Casa. I think it's Casa Media is what their handle is on YouTube. Go find them, do a follow, yeah. hit the notification bell because it should be this Saturday. We'll do the live premiere, yeah, and then it will be uploaded to mine and possibly some other YouTube channels starting like Monday. I think. Hell yeah, we'll we'll get that link in the in the chat going as well, and I'll put the link down in the description for the Casa YouTube. Go subscribe, turn on those notifications. Yeah. Be the first to see the new truth about vaping video. I mean, you can watch it with me live. Live. That, I don't know if that's appealing to anybody, but it it's is. an option if you want it. Can we critique your uh, motion text? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just you kidding. can. I would never I do might that. Fuck you off because it took me two months. But no, I'm just kidding. I've got some pretty cool effects in there, you guys. Okay? Yes. You see some that little very fiery cool cigarette? I was really proud of that. <laughs> that's all Danielle Jones right there. I mean, with the help of plugins, but yes. But yes, still all Daniel Jones. Look, it takes a, a, a tremendous amount of skill. I don't know why I keep saying the word tremendous. It's just worked its way into my lexicon. I don't. I like it. It takes a tremendous amount of work to put together one of those info, typography, narrated videos. It is no small task. And I know personally from experience having to try to edit videos with with typography and voiceovers and narrations. It sucks. Oh, yeah. We had the voiceover on this was actually particularly tricky um, because 
my husband helps me record my voiceovers and it just wasn't sounding good. I was using this mic. Um, and I want like I had there's a particular sound that like the first video and the second video kind of have to them. And I think we finally figured out what it was. So a I made those when we were living with my in laws in their acoustic tiled basement. Okay. Oh, it was like built in the 50s. Cool. So I accidentally had the perfect recording area. Hell yeah. Was the sound and just dead in there? It was dead. Dead. Yes. It was like it was like wall to wall ceiling acoustic tiles, and it looked ugly. Awesome. Like we had to live in there. So I was like, mm, "This is not exactly what I would pick." <laughs> right. But for sound recording, okay. Awesome. And the other thing was, um, we'd initially this was like when I did the first video it was back in like I don't know 2015 something like that. I did not have a Yeti. I did not have anything. So we used my husband's. Oh. I'm not going to remember the name of it right. It's an old school analog microphone. I think it's like SB58 mm. or something. Sure, I can't sure. remember. Was it like a but Shure like, mic? It's like, like the one mic? with the like wiry top. It's like the standard mic that singers use at concerts. Sure, like sure, yeah. Standard, you know, yeah. the stick and the ball with the meshy wire. Like, the stick and the ball. Yeah, standard issue. Um, And we use that. And when I... Honestly, I think my voice just sounds better with an analog signal, you guys. Like, oh. I don't know what to tell you. So we went back to the old school mic and it was just like so rich. And like we set up a little booth <laughs> for me. I bought like a little dish that has like foam and I like sat in it. And like we had pillows and cushions behind me trying to deaden everything. And I think it was a awesome. lot of work, but awesome. I think it turned out really well. Awesome. Of course it was a lot of work, but of course it turned out really well. Look, I've already seen it, you guys. It's stellar. It's amazing. It's a really good video. I'm going to watch it again after this. I mean. And you can't stop oh, me. I think Squonkas has it. SM58. I think that's right. I think that's what that mic is. I just sound good on that mic. Yeah. Yeah. Look, sometimes, you know, your voice will just carry on something. When it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Exactly, John Haymaker. That emoji is the microphone that I used. That's the one. Yes. When you were done recording it, did you just drop it? And somebody did because mic it drop. has a dent in it. From, oh, I don't know. It's from my husband. Someone like, did a mic drop. Band recording days of like college or whatever. We actually, it won't, it doesn't have a USB or anything. Like it's pure analog. So you, we have to plug it into like this weird mixing board thing. My husband knows how to do all this. And then you have to use like line in and line out to go into the computer. And like, it's a whole thing, but it just sounds excellent. I love it. I love it. The video sounds great. The video looks great. This Saturday, it's happening. It's, it's happening, going down. It's going down. Um, did you want to talk about old Glancy? Oh, uh, old Glancy. Gonna put him up. Is he oh. going to scare me on the screen? Oh, he'll Which scare side you. Is going to be on right after this message from our sponsors. Old Glancy, how you doing, buddy? Old Glancy down there, looking befuddled. <laughs> just, yeah, you just rub his head. Yeah. No, no, I'm not doing that. So we're talking about old Glancy today. Old Stanton Glance, everyone's favorite tobacco, vaping, prohibitionist, um, anti-science blogger, Retracted study creator, uh, alleged sexual harasser, alleged uh, sexual harasser, um, poor 
methodology researcher, um, the Helena miracle. (laughs) We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into Stanton glance today. You guys, it's gotta be a better way to say that. Thanks to Mark Gunter. Now, Mark Gunter has suddenly just, I guess over the last like three or four months, just become a sudden like amazing person, like personal hero to me. I love this guy now. Mm -hmm. He did an incredible, critical piece of on Bloomberg for the Philanthropy Chronicles. Unbelievable, unbelievable article. And now he's kind of done this similar Mm -hmm. scathing sort of piece here on our old buddy Stanton Glance from UCSF. Old Which, Glancy. By the way, has been picked up by like four different publications. It has. So that's really exciting. It, has. it was on Undark, is on Mother Jones, mm-hmm. it's on Retraction Retraction Watch just picked it up. Oh. And I think there was one other that I'm Salon. Salon, Salon picked it up. Salon right. picked it up too. I've been trying to find where people have been posting it and then posting his uh, medium link yeah. as well. Like check the follow-up, like read the follow-up right, to right. this too. So what Mark Gunter did is he wrote this big long piece about Stanton Glance and it's mm-hmm. incredible. And we're basically going to sit here for the next half hour and kind of read the whole thing. I'm going to leave big <laughs> chunks of it out, but we're going to sit here and read this thing because it is amazing. I got my dyslexic font installed. My voice yes. is feeling good. So we're just going to read and read and glancy glancy. Did, uh, you know, uh, j- Juka on on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, you're talking I can about. never pronounce that person's I name. I can't Juka. either. Um, well, I think it was Juka. It was either Juka or it was Vapen It. Um, but I didn't know about the the glancisms. Did you know about these? When you know, like, um, so if you say you were glanced, that means that you were lied to. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Glancified is kind of that same thing. You know, it's like, oh, this was glancified in the news. Um, Glancetastic is is what glancetastic is wild claims of scientific wonder. Just I have never heard of this, but I am here for it. They're pretty good. Look, there's a few more. Uh, Glancetistics are just. You know, the mm, tobacco control map. statistics. Yeah. yeah. Like like the Helena miracle, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's glance statistics. Um mm-hmm. to glance is um just to make things up or to fail. Oh you know, okay. You know, you really glanced it. That means you really yeah. fucked up, you really failed bad. Mm-hmm. Um Glancian. <laughs> so it's meant to be a, a, a tone. So Glancian is unreliable research written in a Glancian tone of faux authority. Got it. Okay. Yeah. See, these are getting a little bit deep now. And the oh. last one, the last one that I really, really like is Glancetopian, which is the, a, a society where misinformation and illogical thought process, processes and delusions are deemed intelligent, factual, and beyond reproach in the serene haze of holier than thou and thus acted upon in the belief that it will benefit that it will be a benefit to science and people. So it's it's like Stanton Glance's, you know, utopian, glance-topian future society um, where misinformation is real, you know, and alternative it, facts. Alternative facts and things like that. That's the glance-topian world that we want to live in. I thought these Boy, were great, and I are. like uh, Glancetistics, I think, is my favorite one. I do like that Glancetistics, one. that bad mm-hmm. tobacco control math. So 
Now we're gonna we're gonna dig into a lot of things here. That you know the glance retraction. Who can remember the glance? Who who can forget the glance retraction when he did mm -hmm. that study that claimed that vaping doubles risk of heart attacks? It was retracted, and as we'll read, the American Heart Association does not like retracting studies like that. They nope. rarely do it. It's been done a handful of times since their inception. But Stanton Glance, he, his name is just forever engraved, retracted mm -hmm. for this terrible study. And then uh, let's see, this tweet, using e-cig increases exposure to toxic chemicals for mo most users. They would just be better off smoking. To, no. Like, would be better no. off just smoking. How? He really, he really glanced that one up. He really glanced that. He really glanced that. This is Glancetopia. In Glancetopia, everybody smokes, I think. And then Stanton Glance just walks around and goes, well, at least they're not vaping. <laughs> you know, at least they're not vaping. So that's, that's who we get to deal with with Stanton Glance today. And this is an anti-tobacco hero's complicated legacy. Complicated legacy. And like I said, I learned... I don't want to use the T word again. I used, I learned a tremendous amount of information. Just use it. It's a good word. From about Stanton Glance, things that I had no idea about. It was, I mean, honestly, it kind of put Stanton Glance in a little bit of a different light for me. I saw him a little bit more as like a person than mm -hmm. just the anti-vaping guy that we hate. Mm -hmm. You know? Not many scientists have fought harder against smoking than Stanton Glantz. As a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, and founding director of its Center for Tobacco Control Research and Education, Glantz led campaigns to ban smoking in public places, exposed secret tobacco industry documents, wrote or co-wrote five books and nearly 400 papers, mostly documenting the harm done by tobacco. The cigarette companies despised him and the feeling was mutual. I'd just like to destroy the tobacco industry, Glance once said. It's an industry that kills 5 million people a year. It has no business existing. Make them go do something useful. Glance, they're doing something useful now. They're making smoking cessation products, but you're against it. Also, <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, but there's been a lot of drama about, is it Altria, who's some one of the tobacco PMI. companies, PMI is trying to purchase a mm -hmm. pharmaceutical company, a small mm -hmm. pharmaceutical company. And there has been like insane backlash against this. Yes. So you want them to go do something useful except for when they try it. And then you're like, no, not like that. Yep, exactly. No, not like that. Or when they try to no, like donate like ventilators to COVID patients. No, not like no, that. No, not like that. Mm. Mm. Well, well, then what is it, Stanton Glance? What would you like them to do that's so useful? Mm -hmm. So useful. Sorry. In recent years, however... As a contentious debate over electronic cigarettes has fractured the community of tobacco researchers, many of Glantz's former allies have turned on the 75-year-old scientist. His critics accuse him of exaggerating the dangers of e-cigarettes and downplaying their benefits. Hang on. When has he ever done that? I have never... just kidding. Stan, Stan Glantz has never talked poorly about vaping accusing him of exaggerating the dangers of e-cigarettes and downplaying their benefits. They say that his research into vaping has been driven by politics, not science. Some have even some are even revisiting doubts about his earlier work, saying that his contempt for the cigarette manufacturers and his activism against them tainted his influential research into the dangers of secondhand smoke. You think? 
We talked. We've talked about secondhand oh, we smoke. We have talked about that. We're gonna talk about secondhand smoke. Tainted his influential research into taint into secondhand smoke. In the unkindest cut of all, these critics say that Glantz has become an unwitting ally of the tobacco industry. He has become one of Big Tobacco's little helpers. David Sweener, longtime anti-smoking activist, says. But how can that be? This is my favorite bit. It stems from the belief held by many tobacco researchers, but not Glantz, that e-cigarettes are safer than combustible tobacco. Scientists do disagree about how much safer. Many respected researchers, but again, not Glantz, also believe that e-cigarettes help smokers quit by delivering them regular doses of nicotine in a way that won't end up killing them. That's my favorite pit. But again, mm-hmm. not glance. Here's the scientific consensus, but not glance. Here's the scientific consensus, j- just not glance. No, just not glance. He, he's not on board with that. Yeah. Um, it goes on a little bit to talk about glance, his powerful allies, right? Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, the Truth Initiative, American Lung, American Heart, American Cancer have mm-hmm. all mounted campaigns against e-cigarettes funded by the $160 million from Bloomberg Philanthropies. It says instead of giving smokers... Instead of inviting smokers to switch to vaping, Glance and the nonprofits have promoted more traditional quitting strategies, including those involving the use of FDA-approved medications while simultaneously working to ban e-cigarettes, tax them, prohibit the sale of flavored e-cigarettes, outlaw their use in smoke-free zones, and generally do whatever they can to stop both adults and children from vaping. That's where we're at with Stanton Glance. This goes on to talk about how uh, we're going to get back to this. He's made a whole mess of claims about e-cigarettes that do not stand up to scrutiny. Things like the gateway, right? Mm -hmm. Big proponent of the gateway. He says they don't help smokers quit. Mm -hmm. He says they raise the risk of heart attacks. We're going to revisit all of these. But he's (laughs) he's done a lot of just he's just wrong that's the problem is he's just wrong but he really feels like he's right he's like this old man who's been you know fighting his entire life and now he sees the enemy everywhere even in something that is trying to be helpful and he's still attacking it because he's so paranoid he just thinks oh e-cigarettes are big tobacco and they must be evil too i don't have any evidence but i just know it i can can feel feel it it. Yeah, yeah yeah Because Big Tobacco has done so many bad... And look, like he's not completely out of line in saying that. His experience with Big Tobacco is different from my experience with Big Tobacco. You know, For sure. And they've lied and covered stuff up and they manipulate people and they coerce people and they've done all kinds of terrible predatory Mm -hmm. things. For sure. They still do, especially in countries not the United States that don't have as strict of regulation as we do. They're not the good guys. Definitely not. No. But also, if you don't want somebody to keep doing a behavior you don't like, you need to like embrace or encourage you know, encourage them to do things you do like. But Glance is so focused. He just wants them to go bankrupt. Yeah. Like, that's the only yeah, thing I, I he wants. I don't think he'll be satisfied unless there's no big tobacco companies. They're all bankrupt. Right. You know, and, and we haul out the gallows and, you know, hang the executives. Exactly. It's like, that's his only, it's not about 
helping people not die. It's no. about hating big tobacco so much Correct. that you get in your own way of helping people quit smoking. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. Stanton has always been an advocate and ideologue willing to twist the science, says David Abrams, a New York University professor and veteran tobacco researcher. He says that some scientists ignored flaws in his work when Glantz was focused on combustible tobacco because they, too, strongly opposed smoking. He says, frankly, none of us cared if he was a little bit sloppy with his research because the ends justified the means. Not standing for that so much anymore, Glantz denies that his research has been distorted by his activism. That's just bullshit. That's what he said. It's actually the other way around. He says that scientists favoring harm reduction fail to grasp the real dangers of vaping. Everybody's wrong but me. That's essentially what Stanton Glantz is saying. Yep. No matter what Everybody's wrong is. but me. They're all just wrong. You're it's all the invasion wrong. of the body yep. snatchers. Invasion of the body snatchers. You invasion do it Invasion of the body snatchers. Exactly. Scientists like, that's favoring, his only explanation. Scientists favoring harm reduction fail to grasp the dangers of vaping? I think Stanton Glantz might fail to grasp the dangers of vaping. Yeah. And the lack thereof. Yeah. And... <laughs> and the complete lack thereof. While Glantz retired from UCSF last year, he remains the go-to scientist for all the anti-tobacco movement and is an honored figure on campus. His research contributions in tobacco control are legendary, says Pam Ling, who succeeded Glantz as head of UCSF Center for Tobacco Control Research and Education. For four decades, now see, this is a part I didn't know, but mm -hmm. for four decades, Glantz was essentially like the Fauci of smoking. If there was any science that needed to be disseminated from science to the public, he was the translator of tobacco science to the public. Mm -hmm. When news organizations had questions or anything about smoking or science regard, you know, in that regard, it was glance. Right. Everybody went right. to glance, glance, glance every time. He was the public face, essentially, of tobacco control preeminent, the preeminent translator of the science of tobacco to the public discourse. Michael Perchuk, who was uh, the former chairman of the Federal Trade Commission, called him a master of the soundbite and a tactical treasure. Methodological questions aside, Glantz's papers have been widely cited and publicized, and his relentless advocacy on behalf of smoke-free environments helped to curb smoking, save lives, and reduce the toll of disease. He truly has been a hero in this global effort to fight the smoking epidemic, says Cliff Douglas, director of the University of Michigan Tobacco Research Network. Uh, look, I'm not one to go against Cliff, Cliff Douglas. Cliff Douglas, stellar human being. Mm-hmm stellar human being and he's absolutely right and this was a hard part for me to swallow and this is where like i had to follow my own advice because we constantly talk about just because the cdc botched ivali doesn't mean that everything the cdc's is bullshit the cdc does is bullshit correct you can't have that slippery slope mentality and it's I, not black and white it's not black and white and i got into that kind of with Stanton Glantz, I was just like, I just assumed everything he did was stupid. You know, 
I just thought, mm-hmm. I hate this guy. Everything he does. He's done a lot of really, really good stuff. Like he, Stan Glantz has saved lives. Stan yep. Glantz has helped smokers undeniably. In the past, yes. Now, look, not so much. <laughs> not so much. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I don't know if I would characterize it as he may have inadvertently helped people who smoke, but he was mostly battling the tobacco companies. Right, like right. my view it of, wasn't of, about public health. Right. My view of Glance is that some good things may have come from what he did, mm-hmm. but I I mean, as this article, you know, we'll talk about, he was doing sketchy stuff even with them. Now everybody was like, Oh, it's fine because the ends justify the mean. I have yeah, a problem with that. I like if too. you're right, you shouldn't need to lie about it. Like mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't care if it's like, I don't know, preventing something like terrible. I think that you should tell the truth and you should take the time to tell the proper truth because when you lie and everybody's okay with it, that just encourages you to lie more right. what's happening with vaping. So yep. I'm not okay with his methods. I don't personally think that he did a whole lot himself. I think he's really feisty and like they said has good sound bites yeah and was really a lot of things just fell in his lap or he fudged the science really Mm -hmm. badly Mm -hmm. he's been the face of it whether i think he was very good at that or not is you know up for debate but he was and he continues to be and it's it boggles my mind that like world health organization american cancer american heart american lung they all go to glance they all go to glance because he's a tobacco controller at ucsf but we have you know tobacco addiction specialists at uh, multiple other universities cliff douglas could easily have just been approached by the world health organization but they didn't go to cliff douglas they went to stanton glance who has a history of this who has a history of sloppy methodology did they and real weird ideas about glance? stuff did they purposefully go to stanton glance look i can't say that um so this uh, so this dives into next is the documents so the document so an anonymous person sent stanton glance and ucsf basically a big FedEx box of 4000 pages of internal tobacco industry documents that showed that just a few months prior, they had been lying under oath, talking about how they did not believe that cigarettes were addictive, but then their internal memos and their internal documents, that's all they're talking about is, oh yeah, we sell an addictive product and it's definitely addictive and it's addictive and addictive and we were lying under oath. Like they didn't say that, but they might as well have. Right. I would like to point out, someone just sent that box to him. Anonymously. It could have been anybody. Anybody. So he didn't do anything special to get. It I just feel like he showed gets up. So much credit. Yeah. For like these industry documents, and I'm he like, he nothing. literally just picked up his mail. Yeah. Like that's, that's all it. he did. That's they all could he have did. sent that to Cliff Douglas. They could yeah. have sent it to any. So I, okay, Actually, he like organized it and like helps maintain the library, but he didn't. 
He didn't go find that. He, he didn't, didn't you Yeah, know. he didn't do a deep dive. He no. didn't do any like investigation or investigatory anything. It just no. it was the luckiest shit that just landed on his doorstep. It's like it would be like going out on the street and finding a hundred dollars and being like, Yep, I'm a self made man now. Exactly. Right? That is exactly I did this. I you know. No. Sorry, Stanton Glance. You were very, very, very lucky. But he had these documents and he took these documents to the world, publicized them everywhere, internal, evil, big tobacco documents, evil, internal, all of these documents. There was some really interesting stuff in these documents, not just that these big tobacco companies were lying under oath about cigarettes, but there was other stuff. It says the papers were rich with other insights. I was surprised by this, a letter from movie star Sylvester Stallone to Williamson and Brown, big tobacco company, promised to use its cigarettes in five of his movies in exchange for half a million dollars. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. What a, what a product what a, placement just what like an opportunist. Pepsi and Coke and, no. What an opportunist Sylvester Stallone is. I'd like half a million dollars. Can I put some cigarettes on my YouTube videos? <laughs> half a million dollars. That's crazy. And it's one of those like, I remember in, uh, I think it was middle school, we were talking about subliminal advertising and things, and I didn't was I wasn't buying into subliminal advertising. I was like, "How does my brain remember something that I don't even remember seeing?" Right? Oh, it does. It does. It does. And we were watching uh, Superman two as an example because Zod throws Superman ha into a Marlboro truck, mm-hmm. right? And the teacher pointed that out and said that that's a cigarette brand, Marlboros. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't know what Marlboro is. And then I thought, except now I do, because so when you walk into the store <laughs> and you look and you might want to buy something, you're going to see that. Remember that you saw it saw somewhere it and Superman go, "Well, I'll grab that go, one because oh, it looks familiar." Exactly. Brand recognition. Yes, I. That's just one of those things I like. Haven't thought about Marketing. since I saw this. Since Marketing. I saw, I could just picture Sylvester Stallone going, "Yeah, I like money." How do I get a half a million dollars? I don't know. You yeah. put our cigarettes in your movies? Done. Okay. <laughs> That's it. They That's were going to smoke anyway, so why not? <laughs> That's all he had to do. Mm-hmm. That's all he had to do. So these these went everywhere. These went everywhere. And the obvious, you know, I'm glossing over some stuff here because I really want you guys to read this. But a whole mess of lawsuits and litigation happened after this. You know, tobacco companies are suing UCSF and industry-funded groups are accusing Glantz of scientific misconduct. And big tobacco congressional allies, so Congress people, were siding with their lobbyists. They were siding with big tobacco on this. And they mm-hmm. were trying to get Glantz's, uh, like, money taken away. Like, yeah, they were trying to grant. get his grants taken away. This, I was reading this and I was thinking, okay, well, if I was around at this time, if Grim Green suddenly went back in time to like whatever, 1994, yes, I think I would have been on Stanton Glantz's side on this. Yeah, I would have too, to be honest. 100%. Leaked tobacco. Yeah, leaked shit. And big tobacco. Big tobacco not only coming after you, but hitting up congressional members that they lobby for to stop Stanton Glantz from getting grants to, I mean, now Good I would have been on the side too. I mean, it's leaked. I would have been on Glance's side. Also, you don't get to lie to the American public, Tobacco. Fuck no, off. yeah. Like, no, yeah. No, Sorry. you don't. Yeah, you don't. And so he just went bananas and did this. And 
this was, I mean, he had been into anti-smoking activism, but these documents are really what sort of like catalyzed him into this like sort of leadership, anti-smoking leadership role. He went on to do, uh, you know, Californians for non-smoker rights, which grew into Americans for non-smoker rights. Um, he was behind San Francisco being the first major city in the U.S. to restrict smoking in public. I mean, this was a huge milestone in 1983. It was mm -hmm. international news. Like Stan Glantz did a lot. He spearheaded a lot. He was a leader of of anti-smoking, which is mm -hmm. a which is a noble enough thing, right? Right. He did a lot of things. Yeah, he did. Activism aside, Glantz has an unusual pedigree for a tobacco scientist. Most are physicians, epidemiologists, economists, lawyers, or psychologists. Glantz has a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Cincinnati. He worked briefly at NASA and a master's and doctorate in applied mechanics from Stanford University. His PhD thesis, a study of cardiovascular function, was titled A Mathematical Approach to Cardiac Muzzle, Muscle Physiology. I didn't know that... Oh, yeah. I didn't know that he was an aerospace engineer. Mm-hmm. And that's what... That's all he is, is an aerospace engineer. Yeah. He's not a epidemiologist no. or a doctor of internal medicine? No. No. He worked for NASA for a little bit. And he has PhD. He, and he has fair. a PhD. Yeah. PhD thesis. A mathematical approach to cardiac muscle physiology. Really very interesting. So that's, that's Stanton Glantz. Grants, you know, uh, it led him into tobacco research in the 1980s, NIH, you know, they're talking about $700 million of grants to not just to Stanton Glantz, but to UCSF, private funders, including the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the Truth mm -hmm. Initiative, also supported Glantz's work, which has attracted well over $75 million to UCSF. Now, what, so this is a weird, so the Truth Initiative exists because of the big master settlement the master settlement agreement which is funded by big tobacco was initially so, so this is what a lot of people truth get initiative wrong. is not no longer funded by big no. tobacco so part of the master settlement agreement was that the tobacco companies had to provide initial funding i believe it was for the first 3 to 5 years for the american legacy foundation which turned itself into the truth initiative so the seed money was tobacco msa money but beyond that, my understanding is they actually took that seed money and have essentially invested it mm -hmm, like in the mm -hmm, stock market mm -hmm. and done well that mm -hmm. way. And so that's how, of course, coupled with like grants or donations or whatever, they've been able to survive off of that initial. But my understanding is they actually have a lot of investments and they invested yeah. that money well. Uh, but it's it's other things as well. But yeah, it was initial it's funding that started it. It is no longer technically funded by tobacco company. A lot of people get that wrong. I get that. Okay. So that's just a weird kind of, I don't know. It's just a weird kind of incestuous, weird money trail. Like glances anti-tobacco, but he's funded by a group that was started with big tobacco money. And they're funding him now using the money using the seed money at least from big tobacco yeah 
that's the thing with all of this. All of these tobacco control people are all essentially using tobacco money, whether yeah. it comes directly from MSA payments, or whether it comes from taxes that smokers who purchase cigarettes have to pay. It's all tobacco money, yes. but it's washed by the right. you know, government. <laughs> so therefore, to them, it's clean. It's still tobacco money. It's still but money coming from smoking. Tobacco, tobacco. But money. washed in the blood of the government. So yeah. everything is fine. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you got to wash that tobacco money. You got to wash that tobacco money. But yet, when tobacco companies give money to somebody else for research, oh, no, no, no. That's, mm. that's wrong. Mm -hmm. For us, it's okay because the government touched it first. Mm -hmm. But for you, no, no. No, no. It's so bizarre. And it's so bizarre that they stick to it so hard. And it's crazy. It's like the same thing with the World Health Organization and COP9. It's like if you've even had a whisper of tobacco money near you, you can't mm -hmm. get into COP9. Nope. No, not a chance. Which is totally BS because like we just said, if you think about it, Glance and Truth Initiative and Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, they're all using in some form or another money that comes from the purchase of cigarettes. Okay? Yes, yes. Like – in Let's one way or another, real. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can so, do all the mental gymnastics you want in your head to justify exactly. the washing of the money, but that's tobacco money. It's where it comes from, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Secondhand smoke. Oh, God. Unquestionably, Stanton Glance was one of the major warriors in the fight against secondhand smoke, says James Rapace, the former official with the Environmental Protection Agency and one of the first scientists to analyze the health impacts of secondhand smoke. The cigarette companies recognized this threat early on in a 1987 report to the tobacco industry, to the Tobacco Institute. It's like this dyslexic font is just bullshit. <laughs> do, you to, do you want me to take over? Just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. No, no, Danielle. Okay. 1978. In a 1978 report to the Tobacco Institute, the industry's lobbying arm, a public opinion research group sounded the alarm. This we see as the most dangerous development to the viability of the tobacco industry that has yet occurred. They are terrified of the secondhand mm -hmm. smoke. But how dangerous really was secondhand smoke? While experts agree that the risk of sustained exposure are high, especially for children, they may not be as high as many advocates claim. Despite lingering uncertainties, opponents of tobacco distilled the science into three words. Secondhand smoke kills. Surgeon General said 1968, there is no risk-free level of exposure to secondhand smoke. In the anti-smoking bus poster from 1997 depicting an elegantly dressed couple, the man asked, mind if I smoke? And the woman replied, care if I die? That's actually really cool. I, have you seen that ad? Mm -mm. It's a really cool ad. It's I, actually, I like old, uh, you know. Oh, like retro like, ads. Like retro ads and... It's just really cool. I mean, 1997, that's not exactly retro, but it's interesting to go back to like the 90s when I was a kid and see like, what were they talking about smoking back then? You know? Mm -hmm. So they use this, they use this science, uh, Glance's science, his study. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to paraphrase this, but I shouldn't do it because we're here, we're at the Helena Miracle. Mm. We're basically at the Helena miracle. Yep. 
In December 2002, after a hard-fought battle with New York City's then-mayor Michael Bloomberg signed a law that all but eliminated smoking in restaurants and bars. A few months later, Glantz presented the eye-popping findings of his latest study at a meeting of the American College of Cardiology. The rate of heart attacks in Helena, Montana had fallen by nearly 60% after a six-month smoking ban in the small city. Striking. He said, this is a striking finding, suggesting that protecting people from the toxins and secondhand smoke not only makes life more pleasant, it immediately starts saving lives. Glance and two local physicians who worked with him on this study also reported that heart attacks returned to their historic levels when the ban was suspended because of a legal challenge. The Helena Miracle, as the study became known, generated global press coverage, including a New York Times op-ed. It was widely touted by anti-smoking groups, but it defied common sense. California had banned smoking in workplaces and bars with no discernible impact on heart attacks. In other big cities with smoking bans, no one had noticed drops in heart attacks. The small sample size of Helena, four cases per month during the ban compared to seven before, should have raised red flags. Random fluctuations could have explained the drop in hospital admissions. Yes. A hundred percent. The random chaos 100%. that is our universe. Yeah, the is how you explain chaos. That. Yeah. Uh, I am truly amazed that a study of such poor quality was not only accepted for publication in a journal with the reputation of BMJ, but was accorded widespread coverage in the lay press, wrote Henry Mizgala, an emeritus professor of medicine at the University of British Columbia in response to the journal. This is, in my opinion, gross misrepresentation designed to provide maximal public impact in furthering the biased and unscientific opinions of these authors. Yep. Whoa. Whoa. That's huge. That's huge. Glance's former student, Michael Siegel. We know Michael mm -hmm. Siegel. We've talked we about do. Michael Siegel all the time. Michael Siegel of Boston University was one of the few anti-smoking advocates to challenge these findings. In his own response to the BMJ, he wrote, I'm afraid that the credibility of tobacco control scientists and practitioners may be threatened if scientific claims are made that are not adequately justified. Precisely. Yes. Don't lie. You if don't you're on lie. the right side of it, you shouldn't need to lie. Yep. 100%. 200%, which is why now the only people you see not being forthright with facts are tobacco World, control. Yeah, tobacco control, World Health Organization, American Heart Association, Ming and Lung Association. If you were it's right, a slippery slope. You when you decide lying. the ends justify the means, Dude, that is, Your that is a, get... a bridge too far. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff gets wild after that. And then where where's the line? You've crossed it, so what does it matter anymore? Yeah, what does it matter anymore? What's integrity even matter anymore? Doesn't. Doesn't. Subsequent research with larger sample sizes contradicted Glantz's findings. Correct. England and New Zealand, both of which imposed national bans on smoking in public places, found much smaller impacts. 2% reduction in heart attacks in England and no significant effects in New Zealand. A study by researchers at the Rand Corporation and elsewhere found that the reductions in Helena, which seem to be confirmed by studies in other small cities, including Pueblo and Greasley, Colorado, 
were likely the result of their small sample sizes. The authors concluded, we find no evidence that legislated U.S. smoking bans were associated with short-term reductions in hospital admissions for acute myocardial infarction or other diseases in the elderly, children, or working-age adults. There's, there's no better, I mean, I can't think of a more complete sentence to say, this is all hogwash. Basically. Th this is all hogwash. But Glance stands by his findings. Of they course are, he does. They are cited in his current biography. That's crazy. I mean. Pride. Pride. That's it. Ego. Ego. Right? That yep. can be the only thing. That's it. The end. The end. There's no other reason to keep that on your, as a feather in your cap. That's ridiculous. <sighs> Unbelievable. So look, lots of things have been debunked. The published version of the Helena study acknowledged its limits, noting the city's small size. There is always the chance, the authors wrote, that the change we observed was due to some unobserved confounding variable or systemic bias. They concluded by making the modest claim that smoking bans may be associated with an effect on morbidity from heart disease. Maybe. May. And may. 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 It is. It's kind of one of those weasel words. May and then, isn't a thing that gets used in science. Right. And then even though they say that in the study, the headlines are... Smoking bans reduce heart attacks, which is why the entire country banned smoking in right. restaurants, bars, et cetera, yep. after this happened. Like, I was, I remember, I was like at the end of high school going into college when the smoking bans like mm -hmm. rippled across the United States in a major way. Because in, <clears throat> in high school, I could smoke in a restaurant. And then a couple years later, I could not. That right. is yep. from Glance yep. and this BS study. I worked, yeah, I worked, uh, I mean, I was kind of relieved about this. I worked in a casino at the time. Mm -hmm. I was in a restaurant. It was a buffet at a casino. And man, it's weird to think back, but we had a big smoking section and I constantly worked the smoking section. I wasn't a smoker, but they constantly put me there and I mm -hmm. hated it. I hated every second of it. I hated trying to grab people's plates underneath their lit cigarettes. I hated smoke getting in my eyes. That one does suck. Every time I'd go, like, do you need to refill your Pepsi? Motherfuck! Like, you're smoking, <laughs> you know. It's horrible. It's horrible. I've, I've, I've gotten it in my eye. I mean, every smoker has, It's right? bad. It is, like, why? It sucks. Why do <laughs> I do this? Pure like, evil. Pure evil. And then you're yeah. like, fuck it. I'll and then, oh, that's fine. I'll just light up again. Yeah. Just, so yeah. I was kind of like, oh, well, now the smoking section's just disappeared. No more smoking section. Except Nevada was the last to do it, so it doesn't much matter anyway. But yeah, that all came from Glance based on ah, junk, junk, like really questionable junk that still to this day hasn't been like, let's put a period at the end of that sentence about secondhand smoke. The secondhand oh, no. smoke question ends in dots. People dots. still believe it kills people. Yeah. Well, except, I mean, it doesn't cause lung cancer. It can cause respiratory issues in children, yeah, especially with constant high exposure. But it doesn't cause lung cancer. No, it doesn't cause lung cancer. There's no science that shows that. Glance was quoted as saying, "Smoke-free laws save lives, and they do it quickly." 
because he still believes in the Helena miracle. No. It's just so weird that he's so doubled down on this thing that's like, could be just a little statistical anomaly. Is it though? I mean, it's Four, his claim to seven? fame. It's his legacy. Of course yeah. he's not going to let it go. Yeah. Like, it is. That's true. It is his legacy. It is his legacy. This was the beginning of a pattern. Clive Bates, the former director of the London-based anti-tobacco organization Action on Smoking and Health, says, Glance habitually makes claims to the media or on his blog that go well beyond what his research says. We didn't bother too much about it when he was doing things that we thought were good. Clive Bates said, This changed with the arrival of the e-cigarette. Now, this is something else that I had no idea about. But Glance played a cameo role in the origin story of Jewel. It's true. I was completely blown away by this. Glance plays a cameo role in the origin story of vaping to develop a device that became Jewel, the leading e-cigarette brand in the U.S. Two Stanford graduate students dug deep into UCSF's tobacco industry archives, studying early efforts by tobacco companies R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris to design electronic cigarettes. The students approached Glance, seeking his support for what they pitched as a tobacco cessation tool, and he declined, warning that vaping would appeal to kids. That was his really his first thought? Apparently. Was that vaping would appeal to kids? Well, what happened in the years following? Vaping kind of appealed to kids. Yeah, and the funny thing is, though, he had that opinion before it was ever even a real product. Yeah, before, so, before it even existed. Confirmation bias much? Yeah, confirmation bias, self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't even know. In yeah. the, you know and then the time that followed, youth vaping epidemic, youth vaping epidemic, youth vaping epidemic, youth vaping epidemic, youth vaping epidemic. The debate that ensued polarized the tobacco science community. In a commentary in Nicotine and Tobacco Research, nine early career researchers led by Dana Mowles Carroll of the University of Minnesota expressed concern that the continued promotion of select polarized stances on e-cigarettes will threaten the integrity of research. In a speech at a 2020 conference on e-cigarettes and public health, Stephen Schroeder, the former president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and a professor of medicine at UCSF, accused researchers on both sides of engaging in strident discourse and troublesome activities. He reserved his sharpest criticisms for the opponents of e-cigarettes. In their anti-vaping advocacy, some have gone beyond the science, stretched the results, cherry-picked the analyses, and skated around standard methodological practices, Schroeder said. God, that's just such a good... <laughs> yep. Thank you. I love you. reading that. I know. It's like, yes, yes. Gone beyond the science, stretched the results, cherry-picked, skated yep. around standard methodological practices. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Glance staked out his position early, and he has stuck to it. This was surprising to me as well. In a background paper pre prepared for the World Health Organization in 2013, before the so-called epidemic of vaping began, Glance and two UCSF colleagues called for an array of policies, including flavor bans to curb e-cigarette use. 
Glantz has been in the thick of the debate ever since, producing several dozen scholarly papers on e-cigarettes, most in collaboration with others, some widely cited. His work has addressed the most important questions about e-cigarettes. He makes three broad claims and all of them sharply contested. This is where we're going to go back to Stanton Glantz's weird-ass three big claims that he makes. We're running out of time here. We're going to wrap this up. The first claim is that e-cigarettes encourage young people to smoke cigarettes. Gateway effect. Gateway. Glantz says, I don't know anybody credible who doesn't accept the gateway. Except everyone. Right. And I was thinking, yeah, you do. (laughs) You definitely know people who are credible that don't accept the gateway theory. Yeah. He is like, I don't know if he's the sole proprietor of the gateway thing, but he was the first gateway person i ever remember hearing now gateway has been around like he can't take full credit for that because it's been you know reefer madness like it's a drug thing i actually read a really interesting paper on the concept of the gateway effect in general i don't and there's actually no scientific i don't like when you trace it way 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 back it's like a made-up thing yeah there's no science you know there's not there's nothing the gateway is the gateway is uh one of those things that i feel is like 100 percent anecdotal 100 percent anecdotal depending on who you talk to there's people who will say i've seen it i've Mm -hmm. seen the gateway effect i Mm -hmm. whatever this that and the other i've seen it happen but then there's no science there's no studies there's no population level studies or anything to to confirm any gateway effect for anything it's ridiculous to say. I mean, that's like drinking out of this can as a gateway to drinking beer. No, the explanation for things like that is, I think they call it common risk liability, basically. Yes. We've talked about that before, too. Right. Yeah. If you're interested in drinking alcohol because it's risky and for whatever reason you are self-medicating, you are rebelling against your parents, whatever yeah. it is, you're probably potentially also going to be as likely to try drugs mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those things are in a relatively sim- mm-hmm. same risk category and a lot of times you will increase your risk over time as you get comfortable this is what happens it's not like i tried this therefore i am compelled to try <laughs> yeah. this it's like yep. i'm interested in that i might be interested in that too yeah or it's my it's like maybe you just try it once yeah. maybe i could see a kid I don't want to say I could see a kid vaping. I could see a youth vaping mm-hmm. and going, oh, that's weird. I wonder what a cigarette tastes like. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. But then they go, yeah. oh, gateway. That kid's going to be a smoker. No, bro. They're no, trying bro. stuff. No, bro. The problem is neither study proved the existence of a gateway effect. 2014 JAMA Pediatrics paper found associations between vaping and smoking, but there's no way to know from the data whether young people first vaped, then smoked, first smoked, then vaped, or, like Danielle just said, had a predilection for both. The 2018 Pediatrics paper claimed a gateway effect, but when the alleged link between vaping and but the alleged link between vaping and smoking disappeared when other teen behaviors, such as marijuana, were taken into account. Risky behaviors. Funny that. Fu- yeah. Funny that. So there's there's no gateway. This goes on a little bit about the gateway. Mm, I don't think there's anything in here I desperately want to read. 
it's all really good. Yeah. It's all really very good. Um, the one thing I guess, hmm, uh, NYU, uh, Clive Bates, Clive Bates in talking about, uh, Stanton Glantz's gateway studies, um, called the study conclusions false, misleading, and damaging. That's True good. Facts. True facts. The second contested glance claim, he's glancing in Glantztopia, is mm-hmm. that e-cigarettes, when sold as a consumer product, don't help smokers quit. They don't. You can't tell Glantz otherwise. Glantz made this case... In two meta-analyses, and we know what meta-analyses are done, studies that collect and combine data from other studies, one in the Lancet, Respiratory Medicine in 2016, and the other in the American Journal of Public Health in 2020. The irony is that quitting smoking is one of the main reasons both adults and kids use e-cigarettes, but the overall effect is less, not more, quitting. If you're living the upside down, you dingleberry. Right? Right? What? Scientists in the United Kingdom, where health authorities promote vaping as a safer alternative to smoking, blasted the study as grossly misleading, not scientific, and a major failure of the peer review system. Anne McNeil, a professor of tobacco addiction at King's College London, issued a response to the Lancet paper saying that it included information about two studies that she co-authored that was either inaccurate or misleading, and that in one instance, Glantz and his co-author, Sarah Cal Corhan, then a physician at UCS, UCSF, were told before publication that they were misreporting the findings. Glantz says he doesn't recall the specific details, but that he and Cal Corhan would not have ignored mm-hmm. such a warning. We would n- sure. never. My ego would never let me, would never let me do that. The interesting thing is his associate in this, Cal Corhan, left UCSF for Harvard University, where she and her colleagues studied adult cigarette smokers for the next two years. Using data from 8,000 adult smokers, Cal Corhan and her authors concluded that daily e-cigarette use compared to no e-cigarette use was associated with a 70% increased odds of prolonged smoking abstinence. Not surprised she left. I love that. I love that his research, like his research buddy, buddy just left and then did yeah, another like, study completely disproving what Stan Glantz had done before. Yeah. Oh. She probably saw oh. that letter that was sent to them, even though Glantz pretends he doesn't remember and was mm-hmm. like, oh crap, I am on the wrong ship. And mm-hmm. then got the F out of there and started doing legit research. Yes. Legit research. And I just love that the first thing that this researcher did was completely disprove what she was doing, you know, what they were doing with Stanton Glantz. That's that's crazy. I love this. I love this so much. Um, The last one, Glantz's final claim, the last Glantzism, is that e-cigarettes increase the risk of heart attack. Yeah. If you can time travel. If you can time travel. The risk for heart attacks is double for daily e-cigarette users. Double e-cigarettes, he asserted, should not be promoted or prescribed as a less risky alternative to combustible cigarettes. He really likes to use heart attacks to lie. Really likes to use heart attacks to lie. The, The American Journal of Preventative Medicine 
Um, okay, so it says his work was wildly influential with anti-vaping advocates and government health authorities. The American Journal of Preventative Medicine paper was cited by the World Health Organization chief and the U.S. Surgeon General and covered in nearly 200 news stories. A New York Times article read, Compared with people who never use e-cigarettes, daily users almost doubled their risk of heart attacks. This no. ended up getting retracted, but not before it was in 200 mainstream media news outlet stories. I think it took like nine months or something to get it retracted. The New York Times. The New York Times is like the last news outlet that I kind of like feel has any integrity anymore. I feel that way also. I know a lot of people think that it's a bunch of biased lefties, but I actually really... I, I pay like for the New, New York, York Times. Times. I pay for the New York Times too. And I think they are one of the last media outlets that has any integrity. I agree. They don't always get it right, but if no, they, they get don't. it wrong, they do issue correction and they do they're like as close to the old school journalism. They make yeah, I feel they make a legitimate exists. they make a legitimate effort to like investigate to like get to the truth as close as they possibly can, you know. I don't know. It's more than a lot of other people are doing. <laughs> and that doesn't include op-eds because op-eds are not news reporting. Just so everyone were clear on this. Mm. An opinion piece is not written by a staff member, is not written by a journalist. It is a random person off the street who wants to scream their opinion and the New York Times agrees to publish it. Yeah. We're talking about the reporting. Yeah. That's why it's called an opinion piece. You, right. Opinion pieces are everywhere. You guys have to know about opinion pieces. <laughs> They're yeah. everywhere. Don't be, don't be hoodwinked by opinion pieces. New. No. Don't be hoodwinks. Um, people who never use e-cigarettes daily almost double their risk for a heart attack? That seems insane. So it says critics pounced on what they called glaring flaws in the analysis. Some of the e-cigarette users had previously smoked, for example, muddying the correlation. Brad Radu, a University of Louisville professor who has numerous and long-standing connections to the tobacco industry, dug into the raw data and found that at least 11 of the 38 heart attack victims in the Journal of the American Heart Association study had suffered their heart attacks before they started vaping. <laughs> yeah. Some as many as 10 years before they started vaping. Glance was made aware of the temporary problem before publication because it was raised by a peer reviewer. The journal's, the journal's editor subsequently realized 16 tobacco researchers wrote to the journal editor asking for a retraction from the Journal of the American Heart Association, and they ultimately did just that, something it has only done a handful of times in its history. It took them long enough. Took them long enough. And here, here's some real rage sweat. The editor, though, was careful to state in a letter to Stanton Glantz that the retraction notice is intentionally absent of any language suggesting scientific misconduct. Yeah, because who well, wants to make the golden child of tobacco yeah. control upset? It's like, we got you, Stanton. Even though we're retracting this because it's unreliable and because of your flawed methodology, we're not going to say that when we retract it. We're right. going to protect your, <laughs> protect your, you know, optics. Yeah, we can't get away with keeping it in here anymore. Like we can't, we're going to get crucified. So we're going to take it down, but we're going to do it with like pillow soft, yeah, light touch. Yeah, some pillow soft. Yeah, a little like, yeah, ex <laughs> exactly. It's like, hold your head before, you know, don't hit your head on the car. Yeah, yeah. Get in the car. 
The 2019 American Journal of Preventative Medicine paper came under pressure as well. 22 tobacco scientists asked for retraction, noting, among other things, that the association between vaping and heart attacks could be due to heavy smokers at risk of heart disease switching to e-cigarettes or smokers who suffered heart problems then tried to quit with e-cigarettes. To assert or imply causation from the study is irresponsible. Raymond Naruya says it's bad Science. Bad science. But what does that do to Stanton Glance? Literally nothing. Glance nope. remains unrepentant. On his blog, he blamed the Journal of the American Heart Association's retraction on pressure from e-cig interests, naming Brad Radu. None of the other scientists who signed the letters were mentioned because they didn't have any financial ties to the industry. Of course. He was only mad at Brad yeah, because Brad only mad at Brad studies smokeless tobacco, so he's evil. So he's evil. Yeah, Abrams, David Abrams from NYU, once contributed. Oh no, we don't even need to read that. It's the same thing. Uh, now see, now I'm I'm all off. I'm all off. Andrew Gelman, a professor of statistics at Columbia University, who followed the controversy on his blog, was unimpressed with Glancer's response to the retraction, calling it anti-scientific he wrote if someone points out an error in your work you should correct the error and thank the person not attack and try to salvage your position with procedural arguments that is classic glance classic yeah. glance man doubling down on those bad ideas yep doubling down on bad ideas doubling down on bad science <sighs> His last years at UCSF brought difficulties. Besides the controversies over his research, three women filed complaints of sexual harassment against him uh, and sued both Glance and the University of California. Uh, they fought the charges in court, and the cases were eventually settled out of court without an admission of guilt. Meanwhile, there were worrisome signs that the campaign against e-cigarettes led by the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids and the Truth Initiative, which by this time had switched its stance on e-cigarettes, was having unintended consequences. Minnesota enacted a steep tax on e-cigarettes that led to increased adult smoking and reduced smoking cessation, a study by researchers within the National Bureau of Economic Research found. In a story headlined, Smoking long Smoking's Long Decline is Over, which I think we talked about that here. The Wall Street Journal reported that some e-cigarette users may have returned to combustible cigarettes because of increased e-cigarette taxes, bans on flavored vaping products, and confusion about the health effects of vaping. Public opinion polls showed that most people believed wrongly that vaping is as dangerous or more dangerous than smoking. All because of, almost all single-handedly because of Stanton Glantz. All almost single-handedly because of Stanton Glantz. Mike Siegel uh, was mentored by Stanton Glantz. Siegel says, Siegel, one of those mentored by Stanton Glantz, has mixed feelings about his mentor. I love him, Siegel says. He's accomplished great things. But Siegel says he no longer trusts Glantz and the anti-tobacco nonprofits. The science is not driving the anti-smoking agenda, he says. Rather, the anti-smoking agenda appears to be driving the interpretation of the science. I love that so much. 
The interpretation of the science. For his part, though, Glantz argues that the increasingly popular perception of e-cigarettes as dangerous is a positive development and one backed by the science. Last sentence. None of the people who are e-cigarette enthusiasts know anything about biology. Stanton Glantz. What? What, Stanton Glantz? None I mean, to of be the fair, people who Stanton are e-cigarette... Neither do you. Yeah, neither do you. You worked on rockets, <laughs> not biology. You astro-engineer, bro. None of the people who are e-cigarette enthusiasts know anything about bio- biology. That's just a that's just a ridiculous statement. That apparently none of the people who work on the yeah. other side do either. His, yeah, the guy he mentored, Michael Siegel. Yeah, nothing doesn't know anything about biology. Brad Radu, nothing about biology. Farsalinos, just because he's a cardiologist doesn't nah. mean he knows anything about biology. No. Nah. So says Stanton Glantz. But that's where we leave off. Stanton Glantz is retired. Uh, disgraced, I guess, sexual harasser, settled out of court, can't keep up with modern science, doubles down on his bad ideas, is single-handedly responsible for bad smoking legislation, for bad vaping legislation. He seems to want to stop everybody from vaping or smoking completely altogether and no in-between, just black and white, that's it. Stanton Glantz. Yeah, and he would definitely rather you smoke than vape, apparently. Yeah, definitely. You, black and white, right here. Using e-cigarettes increases exposure to toxic chemicals for most users. They would be better off just smoking. How can someone who's so anti-smoking say something like that? They'd just yeah. be better off smoking? Shocked. I'm shocked. Mm-mm. I was shocked by everything I just read. Shocked by everything I just read. Appreciate you guys being here and listening to some story time with Grim Green, but Stan Glance is a dinosaur that just needs to go away. Yeah. We have so many great tobacco researchers, so many great tobacco, well, tobacco controllers. Sure, there's some. So many great tobacco researchers. We have brilliant people like David Abrams. Mm-hmm. How is World Health Organization not reaching out to David Abrams and, and instead are reaching out to res- retired disgraced uncle touchy stanton glance are they doing that on purpose i mean yes i guess i don't know i mean they know exactly what they're gonna get from him exactly they they're know gonna get what, what they're they gonna get want they're, they, they know what they're gonna get from stanton glance yep they know it they go to him on on purpose you guys on purpose okay well I'm done raging about Stanton Glance. I don't even want to look at his stupid no, face take anymore. Him off. I'm Ugh. sorry for leaving him up there so long. <sighs> that was just, you just befuddled, 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 befuddled. So if Stanton Glance can get out of the way, dude, we could save some lives with vaping. The one that thing that's going to happen soon. Thank you, Pippa's Live. I appreciate you guys being here. I really do appreciate all you guys being here. You guys are my advocacy crew you're my squad i know you're down for the cause i know that after this you go continue to have the discussion you get on twitter and you talk to people and you get on facebook and you talk to people and you're down for this and i really appreciate that and so here's where we're going to end this september fda is going to approve flavored vapor products for the protection of public health 
Hopefully. They have to, right? I, I'm with I think you. They I have feel to. like they have to. I feel like they have to. But I always have to use a weasel word because I don't May. know 100%. May. We think, we hopefully, think. We hope. that. I have high hopes. I have really high hopes. And just that, like, they got rid of those, whatever, however, four million applications. Yes. Sure. We didn't that, talk about that. We but. didn't talk about that. I mentioned it on the, on the last vlog, but it's like, it kind of, it's really not neither here nor there. It's like, all right, well, those are, they were pulled out because of methodology. Like they didn't do the They're environmental yeah. impact, you know. Yeah. I'm assuming that big companies are going to have their shit together. They're going to have all their science in a, all you their ducks think, in a row. Yeah. They're going to have I all think, their papers yeah. done. They're going to have all the applications. It's going to be filled out perfectly. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. They have they probably armies of people and lawyers and making sure that yes. these PMT applications are above reproach, just perfect. Yes. If nothing gets approved, it's purely on FDA. It's political. It's, it's I purely think. If nothing political. Gets approved. If nothing, yeah. If nothing gets approved, it's purely political, purely on FDA. I can't. I. I. I find it hard to believe that come September 9th, there's not going to be any legal vape products in the U.S. I think they have to approve a dual PMTA. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I think they are. I think that's one that will definitely 100% get through is a dual PMTA. No questions asked. And FDA is going to have to say that dual is appropriate for the protection, for the protection of, public, of health. public health. Yes. And I am waiting for yeah. that moment. And Stanton Glantz's head is just going to implode. It's just yeah. going to become a dot, just a yep. glancy dot. It's I wonder what he's going to do. Is he going to be like, oh, the FDA is now corrupted by tobacco influence. Is that where he's going to go? Like, Probably. where do you where do you go? Because the tobacco controllers were the ones who insisted that the FDA had to be the mm -hmm. one to regulate tobacco. So they were like, the FDA, only the FDA can do it. They must do it. Now they're going to do it. So what are you guys going to do when they do something you don't like? Oh, it's going to be good. Get the popcorn. It's going to be, uh, man, it's going to be an interesting rest of the year. Not even including COP9, but COP9 right. and the PMTA deadline, this both happening this year. And I, we can't I mean on October, Australia's going to a prescription only system. Vaping is going to be real weird for a yep. little while. Yep. <laughs> real weird for a little while. But, uh, Thank you guys so much for coming out. I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. I'm gonna put links to literally everything I talked about down in that description below. Just need to remind you guys literally every single time. If you've never done a testimonial, do a testimonial. Honestly, it's pretty fun. So do a testimonial. Go to write to switch. Do the petition to petition right to the vape. World Health Org. Write to vape. Write to vape. Write to vape.org. Write to vape.org, but there is the right to switch petition. petition. In fact, you can go to righttoswitch.com and it'll take you to the petition. Yes, you can. Yeah, go to right to switch. So I'm going to post all those links down in the description. And I guess all I can say is thank you guys for being here. Thank you for caring. Thank you for wanting to be informed. We we want to inform you. We want to have, how did we put it at the beginning? How did you put it? An informed republic. Yes. A well-informed well republic. republic. We that want, is what I want. We want, it is mutual. We want a well-informed republic. So big love to you guys. Remember that uh, no, literally no matter what anybody tells you, 
vaping is at least a thousand trillion times better for you than uh, burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So no matter what's in your hand, you guys, let's keep on vaping. Let's keep fighting the good fight. Really appreciate you guys. Danielle, thank you. As always, it's been a pleasure. Peace out. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.